Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. If you want to hear more than just this highlight from the program, become a Coast Insider, and you can listen to the full episode plus recent shows covering the mysterious death of Kurt Cobain, the possibility that government may soon reveal the truth about UFOs, and the power of witchcraft as told by an actual practicing witch. Start listening now by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you with our special guest, Anna Lee Newitz, and her latest book we're talking about. It's a novel. It's called Autonomous. We'll get into that in a second as well. Anna Lee, why are some people scared of artificial intelligence? I mean, they think it's going to take over the world. It's going to kill us. It's going to do all kinds of things. Why are they afraid of it? Part of it is watching too much science fiction. Um, We've all seen Terminator, or many of us have seen the Terminator movies, and there's Skynet, which is the evil computer that, um, you know, decides to declare nuclear war on on all of humanity and destroys the planet. And I think that stories like that are incredibly popular because we fear the unknown, quite simply. You know, when when we think about a new form of life, a form of life that could one day be our equal uh, intellectually or our equal culturally, um, it's very scary. And so it's easy to imagine it being um, some kind of cruel overlord. Um, You know, we've seen over and over in human history when different groups of people meet, one group often tries to um, oppress the other one and often succeeds. And so, you know, we have a lot of... um, really negative ideas and, and negative moments in our history where we've, you know, we've met the unknown and it's been terrible. Uh, but I also think that it's because people don't really understand what artificial intelligence is and how it works and um, how very uh, vulnerable uh, artificial intelligence will be um, and how it won't, in fact, be... Um, you know, stronger than us, but in fact might be um, weaker than us in many ways um, and and easily exploited by us and kind of um, and oppressed by, by humans. I mean, if you're scared of it, don't you just have to unplug it? <laughs> I think there's, I mean, that's a very good point. Um, but of course, a lot of the uh, work on artificial intelligence is looking at um, you know, having it be something that you wouldn't be able to unplug because it would be uh, part of the Internet. Um, it would be something that you would interact with the same way that you interact with, like, with Gmail, for example. It's in the cloud, so you wouldn't, as an individual, necessarily be able to just shut it down. So it would be something that would be owned by a company, perhaps, might be owned by a nation um, or a government. And so uh, there is a fear that, you know, we wouldn't be able to shut it down. It would be out of our control. Um, or, you know, the fear also is, of course, that it would just take over the Internet. And so then it would, it would not allow us to shut it down. But I think that, again, I think that this comes from people not really thinking about what we were discussing before the break about how um, artificial intelligence as we know it is, is actually not very intelligent. Um, it's not... Uh, you know, taking over the world. It's trying to sell us socks that we already bought um, and trying to serve up ads um, that we don't need. And so I think that, you know, we're very, very, very far away, um, you know, at least, uh, you know, a century away from anything like 
um, you know, an intelligence that would be like a human where we could, you know, have a conversation with it and, and it would have, um, you know, values and ethics and care about other people and things like that, um, which are all kind of signs of, of consciousness, uh, according to scientists. Is there, um, is there anything, Annalie, that scares you about AI? I think what scares me is that AI will emerge in a way that we don't expect, and we won't realize it, and we will actually be, in some ways, abusing it and torturing it. And one of the things that was very interesting for me doing research and talking to uh, people who are working in software, but also people who are ethicists, um, who are trying to think about, you know, the philosophical quandary of, of artificial intelligence was, you know, it came up again and again that people would say, well, look, you know, it's very possible that uh, a company like Google or a company like Facebook will inadvertently create consciousness. You know, they'll be working with algorithms. They already are using a great deal of machine learning. Um, and maybe one of those algorithms will actually become conscious, but no one will figure it out because it won't be able to communicate the same way a human would. A human would say, hello, <laughs> you know, yeah. crushing my head. Um, but an, an AI might not be able to communicate in human language. It might not be able to explain why it was painful for it to keep crunching numbers over and over again or to keep combing through tons of data um, in, a, in a situation that was uncomfortable for it. And so it might be silently suffering, um, you know, much the way an animal might suffer if you were overworking a horse or if you were treating a dog really badly. Um, you know, it might be very, it might be a while before people realized that this animal was in pain. And so to me, that's the scariest thing is that we might invent life, not acknowledge that it was life, and then find out 10 years later that we'd been just you know, that, that actually every Google search was kind of pinching or <laughs> punching this poor algorithm um, that really wanted to be doing something else. Um, and so, uh, and that's actually not, it sounds trivial, but um, it's actually a very realistic scenario that, um, you know, life, artificial life would kind of emerge, um, you know, by evolving um, out of existing algorithms. Um, the other thing about artificial life that's interesting is that it's probably not going to be one thing that when we finally do get something like human equivalent artificial intelligence, that there'll be many, many different kinds mm -hmm. and that they'll have very different ways of thinking and very different views of the world. So the kind of artificial intelligence that might be inside of an autonomous car um, would be very different from the kind of artificial intelligence that does you know, trading on the stock market. Um, and so we're going to get this crazy ecosystem of all these different kinds of minds, um, kind of the way we have now. You know, humans all have very, very different kinds of minds. Um, and we have a very, you know, no, no, no people, no two people think alike. Um, and so that's what's kind of, that's exciting to me. But the sad part is that, like I said, we might be abusing these minds without realizing it. How far... Can artificial intelligence take us and go? I mean, what are the limitations? Are there any? I mean, there's a lot of limitations because just like human brains, um, you know, artificial intelligence has 
to live somewhere, right? It isn't just sort of floating in space. Um, it has to have computers to run on. Um, it has to have some kind of substrate. Uh, so, you know, there's the limits of, um, you know, energy consumption, um, the limits of the kind of um, hardware that it can run on. So, you know, that's going to prevent, you know, hardware limitations are very real. Um, and that can, you know, really limit um, the power of, of any piece of software. Um, the other thing is, like, there's the limits that, that we impose on it as ethical beings, right? You know, there's certain things that we can do and that we can invent um, that we choose not to because they would be horrific and destructive or cruel and terrible. Um, so I think that the limits on AI are going to be a combination of, you know, the technology that we have um, and also the law and, um, and morality and what we, you know, what we choose to do with it. Um, I also think that it's very possible, and again, many, many scientists would agree that, that AI may wind up being something that's a combination of human and machine. So either we'll upload our brains into computers and kind of become AI, uh, or we'll um, incorporate computers into our bodies, we'll uh, essentially um, upgrade our brains with technology. And so before you know it, you know, humans and computers might be uh, much more alike than you might guess. Um, they might basically merge into each yeah. other. Law so enforcement. Great. Law, law enforcement entity nowadays is using robotics. They don't look like people, but they're, they're robots to do things like blow up suitcases, bombs, checking things like that. That's amazing technology, and that saves lives. It does save lives. And it's, um, you know, a lot of first responders are experimenting with using uh, robots and drones to look for people who are in disaster areas. Um, I just saw a fantastic um, video from a group at MIT that created um, a snake bot, which was designed to crawl. It's not actually a snake. Um, It's actually a long piece of very, very flexible tubing. With a camera uh, on the end of it. With a camera on the end of it, exactly. And they can use it if people are buried in rubble to, you know, weave in between the rocks and check to make sure anyone is in there. And I bet it's got a little uh, LED light on it or something, you know? (laughs) That's right. Yeah, you probably saw the same video. Yeah. Um, You can can, uh, Google that and find it on YouTube. It's amazing. And it's amazing. And there's a lot of stuff like that. There's a lot of um, uh, devices that are explicitly to help people. Um, And then there's even weirder things like um, what got dubbed several years ago the robo-rat. Uh, which was or is um, a rat that has a brain implant, and it allows researchers to steer the rat. They send impulses to the rat's whiskers, actually, and get the rat to turn right or left based on stimulating the part of its brain that's responsible for its whiskers. And um, and so they can use these rats to go into places uh, where people might be in danger um, or into areas where there might be a bomb, kind of steer the rat around um, and get it to retrieve things or find things. So that's the sort of cyborg future. Um, I'm kind of hoping more for the robo-snake model where there's no, no rat brains are being harmed in the making of this robot, but, um, but I think both things are possible. Now here's a bizarre question with robotics, and then I want you to tell us about the title Autonomous, how you picked it as we lead into this. There's, there are companies springing up 
that are making robots for companionship. It's uh, true. It is unbelievable. They they are they put on the web that they are sold out. They can't make these things fast enough. What's happening here? Why 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 are people falling in a romantic way for these machines? I don't get it. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a simple answer to that, which is that I mean, humans have a capacity to feel affection and love for a lot of crazy things. You know, people love their cars. Little kids love their stuffed animals. Um, and we all love our animals. Yeah, we love our cats, yeah. even though they poop on our beds. You know, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of things that we love. Um, well, you're not supposed to put the kitty litter box on the bed, Annalie. You're no. You're put it in a corner somewhere. Anyway. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I think that there is that, and I think that's a very... Uh, lovely thing about humans that we can extend love to lots of things but also um you know scientists have been working for a long time on using robots not just as love companions um with you know which is a whole area to itself but also um as uh gar- guardians for children um as companions for the elderly um there's a whole set of robots that are designed to be used in hospitals uh for people who are incapacitated, uh, and they can have a very soft, cuddly robot that will be um, fun to hold and fun to interact with, but also will do things like monitor heart rate and monitor uh, wakefulness and make sure that the person is healthy. Um, And if the person falls over or if there's some, um, you know, problem with their breathing, uh, that robot can then send, you know, a signal to uh, first responders so they can come and help or to doctors in the hospital. So we've long had this dream that robots will be kind and attentive caretakers, right? That's not kind of controversial. Um, and so it seems to me that it makes sense that, you know, if robots can be, you know, taking care of us in that way, taking care of us like nurses or teachers might take care um, then, you know, people are naturally going to think, well, maybe they can take care of my other needs, too. Yeah. It's weird, <laughs> um, though. I mean, it's really, really strange. But I think it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's an industry uh, that is going to be overwhelming. I mean, here's an example. I had a guest on uh, talking about the things going on in China a couple days ago. He's He's an expert in demographics. And he says that there are millions, millions of guys in China who will not be able to find a spouse, a girlfriend, because of the number difference. These guys were all candidates for buying these robots. Well, and of course, a lot of people already, um, you know, have bots online, you know, software bots, not actual robots that have, you know, physical bodies um, that they interact with all the time. Um, and sometimes they don't even realize that those bots uh, aren't people. You know, they think that they're just a person that they're talking to. So I think, you know, when you're lonely and you want companionship, um, you know, it's healthy to want to reach out to another being. Um, And so it makes sense that people are going to turn to robots and bots, which can infinitely... They can be infinitely patient and kind. Well, it's um, cheap. Never... it'll be a cheap date, that's for sure. You don't have to buy <laughs> dinner. 
depends, right? Because what, what would be better if you were a company than to like design a robot that would then ask its human companion like to buy a, an expensive diamond or expensive yeah, clothing, right? That's so right. That's, that's the next thing is your sex bot's going to have like spam and say like, don't you want to buy me brand new shoes? Buy me a Chanel purse. You know? <laughs> exactly. That's weird. <laughs> Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.